0: Today's podcast will openly discuss topics of sexuality and may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. What's that? Kate, what's that?
1: I think you know what this is. What? Oh, is that one of my friends? It's a lot of people's friends. I'm PR. I'm Kate. And this is The Midwife Crisis. Because it's not just you, unless you're masturbating. (laughs) Okay, so if you haven't guessed, this episode, we're going to deal with the topic of masturbation. We're going to be openly discussing the topic as well as sharing our personal stories as per usual. Um, So to our parents and our children... Uh, anyone else who may think this is too much information, this is a TMI situation for you, then please feel free to skip it. For everyone else, let's play.
0: You know, we always try to be professional in every episode, so I'm going to be professional and let's start with a definition and then things are going to get wild. The definition, according to Merriam-Webster, of masturbation is erotic stimulation, especially of one's own genital organs, commonly resulting in orgasm, orgasm, <laughs> and achieved by manual or other bodily contact, exclusive of sexual intercourse, by instrumental manipulation, occasionally by sexual fantasies, or by various combinations of these agencies.
1: Okay, school's over. <laughs> take, off, take off your merkin. Let's. I forgot to tell y'all that I put it on. She had to dust it off first. Her Merkin's a little older than mine. My,
0: she, this is a little ageism. We're going to have to address that issue in a future episode. My Merkin is well cared for and is just as good as hers. Anyhow. So true. We're about to have some fun. Let's talk about some names for this fun we're about to have
1: yeah so um you know when looking at masturbation um in, you know, in the media, in, um, you know, just historically, it's really been centered on male pleasure and males. And so because of that, a lot of the alternate names for things that you would say instead of saying masturbate tend to be um, based on male masturbation. So uh, I found this great list from HuffPost writer Alana Vaginos, which I don't know if she says vaginos, but i Vagianus. i or vagianos um I think it's a really awesome name because it sounds like vagina, and uh now I we are going vaginas. to we all do uh we're going to go through twenty one kind of fun um euphemisms for female masturbation, so the first one is Menage moi <laughs> It's pretty good, um, you know all of us know a little bit of French, right? N- no, we don't. <laughs>
0: Fakers. Um, except you don't fake when you're doing a menage moi <laughs> Paddling the pink canoe. Except my canoe's not pink. Um, or maybe it's a pink filling on with a chocolate.
1: <laughs> what do you think? Mine's more like a kayak.
0: <laughs> oh, dear God.
1: Um finger painting? That's a that's a pretty graphic one. Hi, Chi Chi. Visiting the safety deposit box. <laughs> it's pretty good. Dial in the rotary phone. I well, like that. I thought I was the only one who knew what a rotary phone you was. You got to use all the
0: digits. Auditioning the finger puppets. That's pretty great.
1: <laughs> woman explaining yourself.
0: Love it. Explain that to me. <laughs> Engaging in safe sex. That's to the point. Oh, and that's what I do all the time.
1: <laughs> hey, Gigi. Getting lost in the deep end. Jillin' off. I love it. Jack and Jill went up that hill, but Jill got off.
0: <laughs> DIY time <laughs> for those of us who DIY
1: everything. This is a good one. The June a Meg Ryan. <gasps> uh, uh, I'll have what she's having. You had
0: to have seen the movie.
1: Fanning the fur. Mm-hmm. Or fanning the merkin.
0: Not the merkin. <laughs> Stop with the, your obsession with the merkin. They're so funny. All right. Girls night in. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. Checking the undercarriage. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Since we almost named our podcast something similar.
1: Yep. Um, the downstairs DJ. I love it. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Spinning on the ones and twos. <laughs> that's right. Buttering your muffin. That's like from Mean Girls. Uh, Would you like your muffin buttered?
0: (laughs) I'm going to have to watch it again. I don't remember. (laughs) Visiting the Bat
1: Cave. That's my favorite because I'm a bat. I know. She loves this one, but I hate it because I always ask people if I have boogies. I say, um, do I have (laughs) any bats in the cave?
0: (laughs) And I like it because I'm a bat. I work all night. I work at night. Bats, we work at night. Woman Mm. of the night. Yes. Um, Knitting? Knitting. Eh. Tell me about that knitting. I don't know.
1: Using your hands, I guess. Well, I hope you're not using needles. <laughs> don't do that, guys. Uh, this is the best one. Diddling Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of pop culture references here, but thankfully we're all on board. And
0: playing the piano. Tickle those keys, baby. There were a couple there were a few more that I found um that were not part of that um Miss Vaggiano's
1: list. Let's hear them.
0: Hannah Montana.
1: Yeah, yes, girl. She's she's who she is on the inside. Procrastinate. That's one of my favorites because
0: I like to procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Don't we all? Uh, reading grandma a bedtime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know what that's about. I don't about. know what that means either.
0: To Google yourself. Yep. Who hasn't done a little googling? There you go. Help a girl out. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, the old poo nanny. The old poo nanny. <laughs> oh my goodness um let's okay that's enough of that silliness <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right let's get serious guys I thought,
0: yeah we're gonna get not really uh this is not a serious topic
1: let's <laughs> let's uh
0: I thought it would be good to share our earliest memories of um our own experiences with masturbation and perhaps a brief perspective of how it's viewed how it was how all that was viewed by our families and communities and maybe our culture if we care to venture
1: this is a deep dive again so sorry to my mom who's gonna have to listen to this on the air but anyway uh yeah so I think my perspective is it's normal but I think a lot of people don't um hear about it a little bit so I um as a child uh this is Kate by the way she um, had to
0: start off by saying it's normal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how you know something's really normal. I just want y'all to pick up on.
1: That. <laughs> yes. So um as as a youngish child, um, I found that if I sort of rubbed against my mattress, you know, with my pelvis at bedtime, um, I would get re- I'd get a nice like kind of release and feel really relaxed and fall asleep. And so um from a pretty young age, it was something that I did. I would just get into bed at night, um, you know, and do that and fall asleep. And I think my parents were initially a little concerned. I think anyone with a child, you know, and my, my parents are both nurses. So I know my mom was really worried, like, is this a sign of, um, you know, that she's been assaulted? Maybe it's her babysitter, you know, something. She was worried that it was really sexual as we all would. Um, And thankfully for my great pediatrician who still practices, um, she said, no, this is a smart kid. This kid knows that if she gets in bed in her safe place, you know, by herself and gets this release, she's going to sleep well and it it releases tension for her and good for her. She knows what she likes. Um, And so my parents kind of (laughs) begrudgingly were okay with it. And they said, you know, look, this is something you can do, but you have to be by yourself. You know, this is something you do on your own. Um, And that's fine. And so for a long many years for me, that's how it stayed. Um, I do have some sort of memories of when it did switch to more of like a sexual thing um, and realizing that that it was sort of associated that way. Um, And one of my earliest memories is of the opening scene of Dirty Dancing. So um, if you if you remember, like the opening credits. They're showing the, um, you know, the dance club and everyone's, they're they're dirty dancing. Um, And I remember finding that really um, erogenous and then sort of thinking of that um, while I would then rub my pelvis against my mattress and subsequently have an orgasm and then go to sleep. So that was, that was my sort of earliest memory. And it was, it was pretty early. Well, weren't you precocious? Wasn't I smart? Let's just, again... uh, uh, this was a doctor, that certified was... professional, said that I was smart. So there you yes. go. <laughs> I,
0: okay. I guess you were smart. I didn't engage like that I with
1: myself at such a young age. Probably, how old were you? I mean, this was really young. I mean, I remember doing it around like, I think like four or five. So wow. young. I think,
0: um, I don't think I was that young. I think my earliest recollection was probably with a doll. And I was probably, I think I was a lot, probably seven.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was so much older. She was so much more mature.
0: Um, yeah, the, that was, and it wasn't anything longstanding. It was just sort of an experiment with a doll, like one of those tall dolls. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't anything that um, that really made me want to keep going back for more because I guess I didn't do it right. But later on, um, I became sexually active and I was the grandest of all fakers (laughs) because no one could get it right for me. And I just let that carry on until I went to college and um, I, you know, was active there. And I had a partner who I actually, um, he accused me of using him to masturbate because I had an orgasm, uh, while I was intimate with him and he became really angry. And he said, you're just masturbating on me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what you mean is you had an orgasm and he wasn't done
0: yet. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. And he he wasn't done yet, but he still had time to be get done. And not only, not only that, he was just annoyed that he, it wasn't all happening uh, sort of simultaneously.
1: Listen, if women had a dollar for every time they were annoyed that a man masturbated inside <laughs> of them before they were done. Okay. 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 That's another way of
0: looking (laughs) at it. I could just say all those times that I had been active before. Remember that abacus count, people? (laughs) (laughs) And that was when I was doing all that fakery. You can also Mm. call it fuckery if you want to. I don't really care. But I was just letting them all get away with it, not holding anybody accountable, and and they, you could also say that was a form of masturbation on their part because yeah. I wasn't getting shit out of it,
1: yeah. Except Listen. a
0: good time and not really coming to climax,
1: yeah. So um, everyone, again, if you are faking an orgasm, the only person getting fucked is you, literally. For sure, faux
0: oh, show. Um, no, that yeah. was and that was happening. That's a thing. It was a really, it was a true thing.
1: So, do you, for years. do you know um, PR at all about how your family or community or anything like looks at masturbation? Is it something that you remember talking about with your family or?
0: Um, yes, in that we deny, we deny. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone I know must have been doing it, and everyone was saying, "No, we don't do that kind of thing." It's kind of like all the other stuff that gets denied in my community. lingas, fellatio, mm-hmm. all that stuff. No, 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 no. We don't do that. We just yeah. pretend it exists. We know it exists, but it doesn't happen. Um, and then there are some that are more enlightened and sort of like, yes, absolutely. So it just, yeah. dep- it kind of depends. I can't speak. I'm not going to pretend that I'm speaking for the entire community, because just like anything else, folks are enlightened and they right. engage and are open. And then there are some who are like, um, I don't want to offend my family, but I know my family, they're pretty um, reserved. Mm-hmm. And they would say, no, 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 we don't do that. They, No, no, yeah. that's not necessary.
1: Yeah, I've been known to not have much of a filter. Um, in case anyone was wondering, (laughs) and I recall, um, I found this amazing book at my grandmother's house when I was a kiddo, um, called everything you wanted to know about sex, but Were afraid to ask. Oh yes. And this was, I found this when I was like six, right. And I'm like just learning how to read. And I read that thing from like cover to cover and I remember bringing it out. (laughs) My, my Nana was cool as shit guys. She was really cool. We used to play Ouija board together. I love her. Um, anyway, I remember bringing it out and and being like, Hey, I just was reading this book. I got some questions. Um, and she was like, Oh, and so we kind of talked about it together. And I remember her later in life asking me about what it was like to have an orgasm. And I thought, what a bummer. Here's this woman who's (gasps) older, who's been sexually active, you know, a long time. Well, so my grandfather was older than she was and he had a heart attack at a young age. And I think in like the fifties or sixties, they told you if you were a man and you'd had a heart attack that you couldn't have sex anymore. Oh, no. And so she probably didn't know a lot about masturbation. And so, um, yeah. So I just remember that, like, remember her being like, what's that like, like having an orgasm? And I was like, Oh my God, it's like so sad. Um, and trying to explain it is tricky. Um, I've had actually had patients ask me that. Um, how do you know? Um, and it's, it's not an easy answer to give someone. And so I tell people, you know, sort of what, what, what I think it feels, you know, kind of like, like, you know, I think a lot of times it feels like kind of a buildup of excitement and tension and then a release. And sometimes you get a little shaky. Sometimes you have physiological changes. You'll notice, you know, more vaginal discharge, really Mm -hmm. slippery vaginal discharge, that kind of thing. Um, but if you're not sure if you did, you maybe didn't. You probably didn't. Yeah. And that you should keep, keep. Trucking along, keep twiddling that banjo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you do with a banjo? I don't, do you know. it? I don't
0: know. Stop making shit up. <laughs> We're trying to educate people. Um, yeah, you need to keep at it. I've I've had lots of conversations with patients about um, this very topic and trying to get them to um, not be satisfied with faking and not be satisfied with. And and that starts with masturbation. It usually mm-hmm. starts with satisfying yourself. I love and this learning quote. what makes you how your equipment works and what makes you happy.
1: Yeah. I love this quote from RuPaul. If anyone watches RuPaul, you know that at the end of every episode of RuPaul Drag Race, um, RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? And really, no truer words have been spoken, especially when you're talking about um, sexual satisfaction. If you don't know what works for you, how are you expecting someone else to know, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So you have to definitely you have to self care. You're going to hear me say this more than once. It's a it's a radical act, and you you have to you have to do it. You have to break down and do it. And if you don't know how, then you have to seek some education by consulting with your provider with a book with google (laughs) google it there are many ways to to figure it out so let's um talk about that
1: yeah so as um as a healthcare provider i know that it's a really important part of my um annual visits so your annual well gyn visit um i always ask about sexual well-being so i want to know are you happy with your sex life you know solo or otherwise um and if you are, that's great. And you should keep up what you're doing. And if you're not, how can we make it better? And so um, for some women, you know, for or let's say persons that identify as asexual, maybe there's no sexual activity. Maybe there's no masturbation and um, no coidarchy or no um, initiating sex with another person. And they're very happy with that because for them, that's that's what they're comfortable with. Um, that's great. Um, on the other hand, though, we sometimes have women who, again, have never maybe had an orgasm or are telling us that they don't have a lot of pleasure from intercourse. Um, and to them, I typically uh, will tell them to get to know their body. I think it's really important that when you talk to patients or when you talk to women about um, sex and masturbation, we do it without heteronormativity. So meaning um, everyone's sexual desires, everyone's turn-ons are are not going to be the same. They're not going to necessarily be um, straight. They're not necessarily going to be the same things that you or I are turned on by. So if someone, you know, wants to talk about that, we should be prepared to have practical suggestions for them um, and be able to listen to their complaints. And it is okay to not know. Um, I know in the past when I've not been sure how to help someone, um, I refer that patient to someone I know who can help them. And I think that is so important because I've had so many patients come to me saying, you know, I've been having, you know, this pain with intercourse and I've told every provider and they just say use lube, but it's, it's more than that. Um, and so if that's the case, we need to be, um, you know, ex- we should, we're expected as providers, you know, that if we don't know the answers that we need to help that person find, find them. So, um, so that's a little bit about sort of my approach with sexuality in the office. What about you? It's, it's
0: pretty similar. Um, I usually, we discuss a little bit about the relationship with a partner and then eventually that works its way into intimacy and, um, are you having a good time with that? And, um, it's surprising the number of patients who will say um, th- they thought they were the only one who, who that was not having an orgasm yes. with their partner, mm-hmm. and they had never even mentioned it. And these are women in their 30s, perhaps, at, sometimes older, who just never, they said, no one ever really asked, so I didn't bring it up, and I thought there was something wrong with me.
1: Yes, people always, they come in for a problem visit. Because you know, there, a lot of times their partner thinks there's something wrong. There must be something wrong with you because you're not enjoying this, and you're supposed to, right? Um, and and it's not, it's not, it's not just you. You're not alone. Many of us, you know, have had struggles that way. Um, and it takes work and practice. Practice makes perfect. And you gotta trust yourself and figure it out. For sure, it,
0: it definitely some experimentation with yourself. First, and then you can engage with another person. And it doesn't matter if you're in a relationship, a committed relationship with that person. Um, hopefully, there will be some understanding going on there. But we kind of talk about that and what can be done. But I think the first step is understanding that you're not the only one, and, the, and that there are some possible solutions. And um, I'm so excited when they come back and they say, "I tried A, B, or C, and it worked," mm-hmm. and and then I. I just get, I get a little baby orgasm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she just goes, Eep.
0: <laughs> Ah, ah. <laughs> Yes, I do. Um, let's talk a little bit. I don't know if you want to right now about some of the things that we, ch- at, you know, suggest some of the methods. I, th- I think
1: that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think, (laughs) well, I think first and foremost, you think, you know, low cost and, you know, low investment is just no cost, no cost. Yeah. Is is like your your hands. Right. So I think. I always like to assess. And again, of course, when we're talking about sexuality, anytime we need to um, take into consideration someone's past, um, you know, sexual trauma, um, you know, abuse, things like that are going to make someone's sexual relationship or maybe someone who um, doesn't identify as straight or doesn't identify with their gender. These are things that are really going to compound um, their sexuality or their ability to orgasm. And so. Talking When we're talking about these methods and stuff, we're assuming that this is not one of those extraordinary circumstances. This yes. is maybe just sort of a run of the mill. And it's not to put those things to the side. Those take tremendous care. Um, But anyway, so starting off with just manual, I typically tell people, you know, make sure that you're alone in a safe place. Get yourself comfortable. Maybe take like a hot shower or a warm bath and and explore and use your hands. And the most important part you want to zone in on is the clitoris and the clitoral area. Um, And so that is, if you don't know, um, sort of the very top of your vulva. Um, Vulva, by the way, is the correct term for the external structures. Yes. So what you can see when you look at a woman's genitals, I think we all consider it just the vagina. And for a long time, it was referred to as just the vagina. Um, But that does women a disservice because there's many parts. Um, So The clitoris is right at the top uh, where the labia meet, sort of the point. Um, And for some women, it's going to be larger. For some women, it's going to be smaller. But what I typically find is if you start exploring with your hands, you're going to know when you feel it. It's a big bundle of nerves, um, and you're going to feel a little something. It causes
0: great sensation, sometimes referred to as the man in the boat. Why a man has to be (laughs) in charge of... Anything. Yet why it again, gotta be a man. Why it has to be a man involved yet again. But at any rate, I think the description is because it's sort of a, just a little organ tucked in between the vulva, which are, you know, sort of two larger organs. So um I, I think that's probably a man made that up.
1: Mm -hmm. and there's not going to be any right recipe for as far as you know how to how to touch yourself right so it's going to be you know trying different amounts of pressure Um, some people like tapping some people like you know rubbing some people like just constant firm pressure but again it's going to be just exploring not being scared Um, and you know of course as with everything make sure your hands are nice and clean before and after
0: absolutely short nails
1: also are helpful yeah,
0: but well some people like their long nails. Don't I don't recommend using them on that area. You sort of use your pad, the pads of your fingers. Yeah, um, and when you're exploring.
1: Yeah. So I typically tell people to focus on the clitoris. But of course, there's other ways to um, stimulate orgasm. So some people can achieve orgasm um, internally and have a a vaginal orgasm. Um, That's sort of what the, for a long time, assumed orgasm was. Because of course, when a man puts his penis in a a woman's vagina, she's going to have pleasure. So that's... You know, that's that thought. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, some people can achieve orgasm um, anally or rectally. Um, and some people can even achieve orgasm, you know, with like nipple stimulation. So there's lots Absolutely. of different. Um, or The whole body really can be erogenous. But, um, you know, taking the time to manually. So using your hands, explore your body, figure out what parts of you like to be touched, um, how much. If you you know, how much in one area feels good, that kind of thing. Um, It's all just, again, practice.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so and you're allow yourself the time mm-hmm. So where you're is, not going to be interrupted. Right. This isn't um a thing that you're going to do as a, you know, if you need to make an appointment with yourself, <laughs> then do so, because it requires a little bit of time in it and. Um, On the back end also, because if you're successful, you want to be able to relax and just enjoy yourself afterward. So uh, it's not like you, you don't want to have to be compelled to get up and do things. Um, subsequently, you just want to enjoy the moment, especially if it's something that you haven't been able to achieve previously Mm -hmm.
1: and successful. I mean, I think she means like if you have an orgasm, but even if you don't have an orgasm or have a climax, you know, you should still be proud that you tried and that you're working on it. And some people just, it feels good. You know, not everyone's going to climax every time, but if you feel good, if you feel good about the situation you're in you're comfortable um that's all important too
0: i think that's a very important point that it doesn't every single time doesn't have to conclude with climax but if you are just um taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and um being intimate with yourself and just kind of loving yourself i think that that's the most important point point. and if you climax that's kind of like having whipped cream <laughs> <laughs> you um, could well, use whipped cream but just be careful whipped cream on your <laughs> <laughs> cream on your <laughs> the outside only No, I think that that's a very important point. Thank you. Um, And, you know, there are going to be times when the point is for you to climax because that's what you set out to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're just kind of starting out, definitely explore your body and get familiar with it so you can know what you can do with it and what satisfies you and what doesn't. So let's talk a little bit about um, some other methods. Oh my goodness, she's back with it's that. Back. It's back. back. It's back. It's back. It's back. Okay, let's talk about some mechanical methods <laughs> because that thing is not going to go away. It's not going to go away. She's brought it for show and tell and mm-hmm. you can't see it but it's um it's quite lovely. And she's not going to shut it up until we start talking about it.
1: Yeah. What is it called, PR? It's called a vibrator. It's called a vibrator, guys. Yeah. Sometimes it's also referred to as a personal massager. That's what you want the box to say in case your mom finds it under your bed. A personal massager. You're like, Mom, it's just my shoulders.
0: <laughs> well, and you can use one of those massagers because I mm-hmm. I have one that came from the... It's not a dollar store, but something close to it. (laughs) And it has three little prongs on it and it vibrates. I think it costs like $5. And you turn it on
1: and it works just dandy. Absolutely. Anything that vibrates really, um, you know, would potentially work. So, again, it's stimulating. For most people, putting the vibrator, um, again, on on the vulvar area, focusing on the clitoris. You have to be very careful. Um, it's very intense to have something vibrating directly on your clitoris. So that might be too much. You may need to go sort of to the sides or sort of um around. Some people like to use lubricant with them as well. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think of um I think I like your point about the personal massager piece because a lot of people think of them as just like a penis shape, which again, why does it got to be a penis? You know, if it's just going to vibrate on the outside. So mine is um is not penis shaped. Mine is uh what is this shape? It's sort of what's that Greek letter that does this? A psi. Okay, guys. I is don't know what that sigh? is. So it's sort of my, this one sort of looks like, um, it's like a, Cause is a that circle. Like, a
0: side, like when we go psych. no,
1: that's not. It's almost it's shaped, shaped like, like the letter A. <laughs> it's almost shaped like the letter A, but this is, um, a, a vibrator that's for every Omega. person. Omega. Omega. Okay, guys, it looks like Omega. Okay. Omega with like a hat on. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll put a picture um, on our podcast, uh, on the link to this podcast. But anyway, so um, this is a um, vibrator that is used for, for anyone. So this could be used for a man or a woman. It could be used for someone for stimulation of any type. It's not. Um, specifically to go inside it can be used by um, couples together um, so you can sort of place it on your pubic area and it can stimulate um, you know both partners you could be between two women between two men between a man and a woman so um, as with a lot of my stuff that I like to keep in in the sector of queer and the land that I live in um, as is my vibrator so um, but again you could use literally anything and just be careful Although I do find um that vibrators typically are the thing that'll do it for people. What about you? They they do
0: because they get right to the point very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I have had a, a a vibrator that's shaped like a penis and sometimes is known like as like a dildo and I don't like them. I'm yeah. not a fan and I'm not I don't I don't label myself as queer but I just don't care for that. Sure, of course. And um yeah. So I've ditched them mm-hmm. I've, and I've got, I've, I have my little $5 job, but I actually, I, I'm a manual person. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is, um, the thing is about the, uh, the whole vibrator thing is I have had a, in the past, a dependence issue. Okay. And I think that's worth speaking on. I,
1: I have heard people say this as well. And so explain to us what you mean by dependence. So that I've become to
0: rely on that in the manner in which it causes me to climax. And to the point where if I don't have that, that's that my hands are not fast enough, furious, fast and furious and whatever. So they're not quite adequate. And so I have to ha- it has to be by the vibrator. And I became dependent on it. And I had to stop using a vibrator. You had a vibrator intervention. I inter yes of my <laughs> own yes I um, did, and I had to stop using it because yeah. I just the, it I felt like it wasn't healthy because I I just it wasn't healthy for me. I didn't want to rely on something mechanical like sure. that.
1: Yeah. So um yeah, I would say I'm I'm personally the same. My my vibrator is kind of like a special occasion. It's in right. very good shape because I, I luckily I'm. Luckily, you don't need it all the time. But if you do and you're happy with that and that works well for you, girl, get it. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: That's fine. And... um yeah, I tend to yeah, I tend to be a manual
1: person. Yeah. And, and so manual, manual can also be things like what you touched upon, like a vibrator or I'm sorry, like a dildo, or um again, if you're someone who is of the anal, you know, persuasion, things like butt plugs, um, or anal beads, vaginal beads. There's um, you know, uh sort of eggs, vibrating eggs that um people use sometimes. If you're a nipple person, you know nipple clamps, Mm -hmm. tugging on nipple clamps, things like that. So, I mean, whatever does it for you. But this is so. So whatever um, you can imagine. Yeah. And so when we're talking sort of about like mechanical, you know, like something else is helping out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um,
0: Also, there is what I deem the magical because I have had. I have had the glorious experience of having an orgasm in my sleep. I love this so much. And I call that magical. I
1: think that is so cool. I've never had a name for it, but I'm just like in love with calling it magical. And I am also going to call it that now. It's
0: magical because I can't conjure it up. It's when I'm sleeping and I'm dreaming and then I have an orgasm and I wake up and I'm in like this state of divinity That Mm -hmm. it's just I think it's so wonderful and I feel so good all over. Yeah. But I can't conjure it up and I can't make it happen again. Mm -hmm. It just happens.
1: And that's what makes it magical. (laughs) I think one time um, I had that happen and it was a weird, I'd been watching all the mummy movies with Brendan Fraser and uh, and he was in my my magical dream, and um, it was disturbing to me, but it was a good dream. Oh, so. Was it? I don't know. I was just like, "Ew, Brendan Fraser." Anyway, no offense, Brendan Fraser. You're, the You're best. good that you can remember.
0: <laughs> I can't remember any of the characters because I don't even care. It's all about me and my warm and warm glow that I wake up into, as it should be. Um. So yeah, yeah. magical. So getting back to my other, you know, we're talking about solo, solo treatments and behaviors, but, you know, there is coupled sort of mutual um, masturbation as well. And that goes back to um, that college friend that I had who was so upset. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm still laughing. I laughed. (laughs) I actually laughed when he even brought the issue up and he was so angry and I still find it amusing and I, I, I apologize. But. I no, I don't. Anyhow. Um, My husband's told me he's felt used before. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, he felt used. But so here's the deal. Yeah, there is such a thing as, you know, coupled, you know, masturbation. Yeah,
1: I think um, I have a lot of memories of being younger and doing it with friends as well. You mm-hmm. know, like I think it's pretty innocent. There was never anything, um, you know, upsetting or abusive or anything about that. But it was just all of us kind of exploring things kind of all at once and, you know, playing doctor, it happens. Um, That's and, healthy. And yeah, and I have, I'm still friends with some of those people that <laughs> I have created. <laughs> Why I have, wouldn't you be I, friends No, with I don't, I don't, I'm just saying like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that we've even really talked about it a lot, but, um, but, you know, you just, you you figure it out together, you grow up together and, um I think the
0: really important thing, just like, you know, we were setting the scenario for what you will do by yourself. You want a safe environment. You want a safe time frame. You want a comfortable space. You want, um, you, you know, what's going on, aromatherapy, if you want to do that. You just want a bath if you want to do that. You just want everything to you want yourself to be, um, you know, uh, your hands to be clean. All of that, just the setting to be good and the time frame to be good. The same thing should be true if you are coupled with male, female, same sex, um, opposite sex. It doesn't matter. Um, It needs to we're talking something consensual and something that you feel safe doing. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do a lot of experimentation, all of that is fine. You need to be with someone who's not going to be judging Mm -hmm. you or you're not going to be judging there will be like a judgment free um event yeah. that's going to be happening between you and so that's how you're going to set the stage for pure enjoyment
1: mhm yeah uh, don't you think absolutely yeah. absolutely um i love uh overdoing is what pr has written here overdoing is a little is <laughs> a
0: little problem <laughs> A little problem, because if you tuned in to previous episode, then you know about um, my um, preparation for uh, sexual activity. And I was quite young and um, I knew that it was coming when it was coming. And before that event happened.
1: When you went to the GYN. When I went to the GYN
0: doctor, um, I had this overdoing <laughs> i overdid it and that is basically um i you know did a, this thing i guess you call it dry humping still dry humping's the best yeah. oh well until you overdo it <laughs> yeah so i'm sharing here um yeah I, with a friend uh we went at it until we were both just destroyed in our hinterlands And he said, I'm never doing that with you again (laughs) because I am blistered. (laughs) And um, and so was I. And I wasn't. But once again, not to the point of climax. I never climaxed because I wasn't. Remember, I wasn't in college yet. Um, And he said, I, you know, I didn't this. I can barely walk. (laughs) That's what he told me. So. Whatever you do to yourself and with someone else, you need to take care. Mm -hmm. If it's starting to hurt, do something else. Yeah. Yeah. You need to stop and just say, this is not working for me. Yeah. I kept, we overdid because I kept thinking I'm almost there. Almost there. Yeah. And I was never there. And I was never there.
1: Well, I'm a fan of dry humping.
0: My, my, (laughs) My college boyfriend
1: should have been proud that I got there with him. He should have been. And he Let's go find him. Let's invite him on the podcast. Yes, let's. <laughs> um, I was thinking, too, a little bit about pornography as a tool. Um, you know, what do you think, PR? Do you think uh, pornography helps or harms women as far as their sexual empowerment and trying to um, achieve orgasm?
0: I um, it depends on what you're looking at. I mean, I I find certain films can be helpful. Um, mm hmm certain photos can be helpful certain you know erotic materials can be helpful um i think it depends on what you're looking at i mean i sort of have a uh, a little bit different perspective about some of that because i have taken care of women who um are at work in that industry and they're actually um proud of their work so yeah. i i have a little bit of a different view I don't see all some are victims and I but I learned not to see all as victims when I have um, come to take care of some who are um, genuinely comfortable mm-hmm. and proud of what they of well, the work they do. Yeah. So in seeing that now and then seeing some of the work and using it to excite myself, I'm cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, I say if the person if it's, again, consensual, the person's not in pain, they're enjoying themselves. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I mean, I think for a long time there was this like, oh, well, women in pornography, you know, aren't built like every woman or they're faking or whatever, you know. And you know what? It's like, listen, if it's not for you, go to another one. Guess what? There's a lot of different types of porn out there. So there's probably something for you. Um, I love Thinking that way, um, there's a um, older porn actress called Nina Hartley. She actually started out as a nurse, and she does um, like almost instructional videos. So she'll tell people like, "This is a great way to help a woman get off," or mm-hmm. "This is a great way to perform Cunnilingus," and. Um, it's really cool. I think that's really neat. Um, and she spoke a lot, um, I believe, uh, you know, so someone correct me by email if I'm wrong. But um, I believe she had maybe some type of endometriosis or fibroid. She had some significant um, GYN, like pain and concerns. And um, she raised a lot of money for her hysterectomy for her surgery. Um by doing these instructional videos. And I thought that was really cool. I know she's, she's badass and gorgeous. So um, yay, Nina.
0: Thank you, Nina. No, I have, I, I'm comfortable with that. And um, yeah, and I've used it. I have to say,
1: I have to say one thing I hate is when people say, oh, this is female porn. And it's like the brawny man. Like, it's like a man, like, like cleaning. Like you ever hear someone say like, oh, this is, this is female porn. And it's like a guy like vacuuming. I'm like, so first of all, Fuck you. <laughs> Listen, am that I going to be sexually aroused because my husband did the dishes? No. 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 Yeah. Um, and also, I think I've heard this trope that men are visual and women are mental. And I don't, I think in some ways that may be um, the case, but not always. Right? Not Re- always. Really? Yeah. No. Um But, but I, I think it goes back it and goes forth. Back, yeah. Yeah. Well, like both ways. Absolutely. Um and I have to say that my earliest sort of dive into um like pornography and that kind of thing was actually erotica, and I really loved reading it. I really loved writing it. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote a lot of erotica growing up. I wrote a lot. Oh, you know, weirdo! I'd love,
0: I'd love to read some of that um, stuff.
1: I'm sure I can find some. But um, but yeah, and I remember one of the ways that I knew that you know my my partner, my husband, was right for me was I remember he, for Valentine's Day he bought me a book of women's erotica. So erotica for women. It was all, um women characters. It was lesbian, queer, straight. Um, and it was awesome. And I was like, "Ugh, oh, you're the best. He's the one. He's the one. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's,
0: that's pretty awesome. Um, I think women have become more comfortable with some of that, that kind of stuff with, um, with, you know, these 50 shades of gray and, right. Those kinds of books. Which, Not for
1: everyone, but it seemed to, in some way, it seemed to excite a lot of women. And so I think it, it, it gets a lot of pushback from the BSDM community and from, um, you know, people thinking it's it's it wasn't a healthy relationship portrayed in the stories and things like that. But at the end of the day, if a woman's enjoying it, if it's helping her enjoy herself, if it's helping someone feel sexually fulfilled, you know. I saw I saw women pouring through that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I had a little bit of a hard time. Yeah. Um not because of um what was being written about the style of writing is what I had a hard time with. So but I'm no book critic. So I mean, it sold lots of lots of books, so I'm more power to the author. Um but yeah, that was it wasn't <clears throat> it it wasn't my cup of tea.
1: Yeah. Anyhow, so when we were looking through um, and coming up with this topic and sort of talking about masturbation, and and we knew that we wanted to bring a vibrator with us, um, I had started doing a little bit of research, and I found this really interesting um, article by this woman Rachel Maines, Um, and this is an article that has gotten a lot of um, you know sort of pushback. Some people have had some rebuttals to it, and are are. not sure about it, but it's basically her theory about, um, where the vibrator came from. And I think it's really cool. So I'm just going to share it with you kind of briefly. So, um, basically throughout the ages, um, there was this uh, term for a disorder called hysteria. Um, and hysteria was this idea where hysteria comes from the Greek word for uterus. Um, and hysteria was a female illness. Um, and it was called, or it was called female hysteria. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was like, A nervous illness where if a woman was anxious or excitable, if she was fainting, if she had sexual desire, or sometimes if she didn't have sexual desire, if she was irritable, if she, you know, was hungry or not hungry, basically anything that would upset a man about a woman, they'd say, oof, she's got hysteria. And um, the cure... That they, um, you know, sort of discussed was uh, basically getting the woman to climax or it was sometimes called smothering the mother. Um, so <laughs> from. <laughs> yeah. So there's this um, 1653 publication um, on diseases of women and Rachel Mayne's excerpts this in her um, article from the technology of orgasm hysteria, the vibrator in women's sexual satisfaction. So I just want to read this a little bit because I thought it was interesting. Um when these symptoms indicate, we think it necessary to ask a midwife to assist so that she can massage the genitalia with one finger inside using oil of lilies, musk root, or crocus, or something similar. And in this way, the afflicted woman can be aroused to the paroxysm. This kind of stimulation with the finger is recommended by Gallen and Avicenna among others, most especially for widows, those who have chaste lives and the female religious. Um, so they're thinking, she doesn't have a man in her life. Well, right. obviously, she's hysteric. And then let's get the midwife to do it because, you know, <laughs> let's just force her on it. Um, and so, yeah, so this became this practice. And the the sort of controversial piece was that— um, Rachel Maines felt that this was why the um, vibrator came to be. There was a demand um, to treat women and the prescription was masturbation. Um, And it took a lot of work. You know, there were some writings where doctors said it took 45 minutes to get her to orgasm. Who's got time for that? You know, it's hurting his arm. You know, the midwife's like, I'm quitting my job. (laughs) So, you know, they got to find some way to get these women off. And so... um, you know they had come up with this uh tool the vibrator um and so people believe you know that's not actually the way the vibrator was uh brought up but that was her theory and i think it's really interesting so i just wanted it is to share interesting. that
0: interesting yeah. no smothering the mother
1: smothering the mother that's how you fix it i'm like girl yeah i need that fix that's
0: <laughs> that's crazy and you know speaking of historical uh Connotations and sort of implications, you know, the re- implic religious implications
1: historically is that you know masturbation would make you go blind. Mm-hmm. It's a sin. It's so bad. Uh, every time you sin and uh, every time you masturbate, an angel loses its wings. Who said that? I don't know. I'm making it up. It sounds like a Catholic thing. Well, I'm not, I'm not a Catholic, Me so neither. I don't know. But
0: <laughs> I do know that you know there were lots of um, quotes, misquotes quotes and misquotes from the bible um that i'm not even going going to repeat that um people use to justify um punishing others right. for for masturbation for right. masturbating right.
1: and and um, even i mean i as far as i understand i think even um you know it can still be frowned upon and i know that people who are deeply religious and feel the need to repent for their sins you know would sometimes repent for masturbation and I don't think that sets people up for a healthy relationship with their body or with sex. Um, you know, it kind of gives it this dirty implication, right? It, it absolutely, it, it absolutely
0: does. And it's not, you know, it has nothing to do with religion and has nothing to do with faith. And, um, we need to not even entertain the, that kind of information and those kinds of thoughts. And we need to help our, um, you know, our sisters and our, well, just clients and patients to kind of uh, wash that kind of thinking out of their, out of their, their mental states. Yeah. Because it just kind of ruins everything with regard to them trying to engage in some self-care.
1: Absolutely. If you're feeling ready, if you feel safe, if you are comfortable, go for it. Yeah. So,
0: And I think there was one other thing that we wanted to, um, that we were trying, that we were hoping to, um, I guess that was it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Listen, uh, this vibrator is not going to take itself home, so let's wrap it up. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, that reminds me of you know. Speaking
0: of wrapping it up, you don't have to wrap up your your sex toys, but you you do have to make sure that they're clean. Yes, because in the caring of some of my patients, I've had to say to them, "Do you wash your toys?" Mm -hmm. Because this little problem that you're having looks like something that I see in folks who don't. Wash their toys. Absolutely. And with so. um,
1: even female to female mutual masturbation, um, or sometimes it's uh, called tribbing um, where you sort of rub your pelvises together. Um, you know, if, if one of them has a little imbalance, um, not a, an STD or I should say an STI. Um, but if they have a little bit more bacteria or a little bit more yeast, I mean, some of yes. that stuff can sometimes transfer yes. and make it make your vulva and your vagina a little bit upset. So just making sure that everyone's nice and clean and also that any toys you use, um, are clean, you know, soap and water. You can, I'm sure they come with a you know, instructions on how to clean them and you should make sure you're cleaning them before and after. So just like the way you would wash your hands.
0: Which can also be your main toy. That's right. For
1: sure. Is there anything else you'd like to cover? I think that's it. I just think the most important thing was that we want um, women to know again. You're not alone. So if you do masturbate, awesome. You got a whole group of us that are cheering for you. And if you haven't climaxed yet or you haven't experimented, you're also not alone. And um, we're hoping that you have... Someone in your life, whether it's your healthcare provider, we would love it to be your midwife, but a healthcare provider or a good friend or your partner that you can kind of talk through this stuff with, um, someone that you trust so that you can um, get comfortable with yourself, enjoy yourself, you know, love yourself.
0: Yes, because self care is a radical act. Absolutely. And self love is mandatory.
1: That is absolutely true. Until the next time, wash your sex toys. We'll see you. As always, we welcome your comments, suggestions, and questions at our email, midwifecrisispodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at midwifecrisispc, on Facebook at the Midwife Crisis Podcast, and on Instagram at midwifecrisispc.